You're listening to the Designer Journals with Liv. This is the thing that you need to like do when you're a student is find these ways to find random connections with people that have nothing to do with architecture and that's how you start the conversation. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode and before we start I just wanted to say a quick thank you to all of you who have listened to the first few episodes as I just released them. Really appreciate the support and I'm glad to hear that you're enjoying it. So on to the next one. I've got my uni friend Maddie on this episode and it's a really good one. We talk about so many things. She's currently working at Hames Charlie and she got that job um, or started there while she was at uni and we talk about that. We talk about her cycling career and how that took her overseas for a bit and we talk about uh, the uni days and just how we both found that um, and how that experience was for both of us. So it is a long episode, but it is worth every minute of your time. We do just cover so many things and you couldn't stop us from talking. It was really good and really good just to catch up with her. So buckle in and enjoy the ride. And here is the episode. Welcome Maddie to the podcast. Thank you. So good to have you. Yeah. I'm so I'm excited sad. for this. We have just, we've already been chatting over dinner and we have so much to talk about. So keen. All right. Take us back to the beginning. What made you want to study architecture? I am one of those people that um, it was like since forever. Like, really? Yeah. And I, yeah, I think that probably is surprising, isn't it? But Because um, I, I did not have that. Yeah. No, I think... As early as like eight years old, I just had this idea that I liked houses and I liked how, you know, um, how houses go together is how we live and changes how we live and all of that kind of thing. And obviously I didn't have that understanding at that time, but Mm -hmm. I think... Like when you reflect, you think that's what it was? Yeah, Yeah. I think so. Um, And... Gosh, there were so many people who tried to talk me out of it too, right? Like, I didn't even know what an – I don't think at eight years old I knew what an architect was. Did you actually know anyone who was an architect that young? I have this really vivid memory of um, like I told my parents I wanted to be an architect. I don't remember where that came from. But <laughs> we were on a family holiday and my dad introduced me to a friend um, who was an architect, like a friend of his, and – he told my mum in front of me that you don't want to become an architect because most of your day is going to be putting PowerPoints, like deciding where in the house or where in the room PowerPoints are going to go. I mean, they're not wrong. You do do that. <laughs> like, no, mate. <laughs> like, I hate you for saying that to me because it did. Like for ages, that's what I thought it was going to be. But I just, I still was like, no, I like this. And I don't know why. Maybe it was that. Um, you know, beauty thing of mm-hmm. like wanting to make my house better. I also like my parents, actually, this is probably where it came from. We had an extension yep. put on our house, like a, um, a second story put on our house about that age. And um, we had an eco architect. <laughs> I did quotations there. You can't see it on a podcast. Um, <laughs> come in to mean? do our <laughs> extension and um, I think I just did that because it was so new at that time to be an eco-architect back when I was eight years old. Gosh, 20 years ago. Are they still around, eco-architects? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so 
maybe that's where it came from, but uh, I was just fascinated by space and like mm. um, I also love listening to dad talk about what our extension meant mm-hmm. for him and his vision for yeah. it and all that kind of thing. Um, what does your dad do? He's a lawyer. <laughs> but he has that, you know, how many people have that story of like, I wanted to be an architect, but then I did this other thing. Dad was one of those people. Really? Yeah, so I think I had not, to do it for wow. dad. <laughs> oh, that's so Is he just stoked of what you're so doing? So stoked. Yeah. 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 Um, and then it just kept changing. Like I, um, when you have to choose your subjects for high school, yeah. it was always like, and how am I going to change this into how I'm going to become an architect? Yeah. Um, and I did still have some deviations. Like I went off after high school and did um, a year working in the UK. I was a swimming teacher here and that qualified me to be like a teaching assistant over there. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I absolutely loved being a primary school teaching assistant in the UK and it almost broke me and I have teachers throughout my family. <laughs> so it was like, oh, maybe you want to be a teacher, but I, I can totally to see how you would have hit that criteria. I can, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, but like I look back on that now and I go, if I'd known then that I could be a teacher as an architect, because that's what they don't teach you in school is that every profession is much more diverse than what they mm. kind of give you that image of or that stereotype. Yeah. Like I can be a teacher as an architect. Like there's new grads coming in. There's like many topics to discuss. Like you can be passionate about a subject and teach all your colleagues about it. Yeah. And so that's what I'm learning today. Which is what you kind of see at uni. Like each lecturer has their specialty, usually yeah. done from a thesis or something. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. That's crazy that you knew that early. I I can't believe that I followed it through that long. Yeah. I really, really wanted to be an architect and I would tell everyone, and you can yeah. imagine that I would tell everyone yeah, of course. <laughs> that I wanted to be an architect. Yeah. I can't believe that I stuck to my guns and I did seven years of uni um, to get there because I did some little extras on the on the side. So yeah. seven years of uni and then finally became an architect. And at 26, no, I'm not even there yet. What am I talking about? <laughs> Registration. <laughs> oh my gosh. So at uni, sorry, you picked your subjects for uni that you wanted to be an architect. No, I picked my subjects at school to like So what did you pathway. do? Design? Yeah, so I did design at school. What else is there to do at high school besides that? Yeah, exactly. Well, you know what? Now I know that that's all pretty much bullshit, trying to choose your subjects to be an architect because an architect is a bit of a jack of all trades. But um, whatever, I chose design yeah. and I made sure that I was still doing maths because that was stereotype back then. Funny. And, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, probably apart from that, that was probably the only thing, but. That's really all there is, though. That's all I, I did design, and that was about it. It's like we had CAD at our school, but I didn't even know that until after I graduated. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, so, because they're only teaching the kids doing trade. Yes. That, which is stupid. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> if we could change the education space. That is a whole other spectrum. So true. So you get into uni. What year is that? Uni. Oh, sorry. Did you go to uni Okay, tell us what uni you ended up in. Yeah, okay. So I graduated happened. 2009 from high school. Yep. So I spent a year in the UK in 2010. Mm-hmm. And so I'm doing this purely out loud because I needed to. Um, oh, go for it. 2011, started uni. 
with my first cohort of other students because I went through three different cohorts of architecture students. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. Like, well, you were Adelaide or you've had... No, you, was it UniSA? You've always been at UniSA. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Adelaide, University of South Australia. City West top, Campus. Yep. Top architecture school of South Australia and Australia. We, did you um? Did you do your open days at Adelaide and UniSA? Like, did you compare both programs? Yes. And <laughs> I think um, looking back, I, it's actually at the time it was like so obvious I was going to go to UniSA. Uni mm. um, and thankfully for me, I had my dad had gone to Adelaide and mum yep. had gone to the um, technical school or whatever it was called um, prior to being UniSA. Um, oh, okay. Uh, to be a librarian. So mum yep. was like, don't listen to the kids who say don't go to UniSA. Yes, because that's a stereotype. Yeah, because yeah, I was very academic. So the academic kids don't go to UniSA. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to architecture, and thankfully, like my high school, Unley High, had a really good design program. And they were actually like telling us at high school that UniSA has a great architecture yeah. program. Well, I just went to one open day and went to the other. And I was like, well, one was more impressive than the other one. And it was UniSA. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think Adelaide, um, gosh, I think I was turned off by um, potentially like the over academic side of Adelaide in the way that they presented it and this old school style it that they presented. It seems theoretical, theoretical yes. and not very like, I don't, I don't I think even the like, the spacing for it, there yeah. was no space for it. They're like, oh, we share this with this and I was yeah. like, Ugh. and I think I was also going through that whole thing of um, can't believe I'm bringing up gender on this, but I think I was pretty insecure about becoming an architect as a woman, and because I kept thinking, oh, but maybe I just want to be, and I just say, just want to be an interior designer because that seems you were thinking like it, about it back then. Yeah, no way. Because I, didn't even I consider thought that. that like maybe that's what I meant by wanting to be an architect is because I don't think I saw enough women in architecture roles that I was questioning it then. Yeah, so you were crazy. doing your research um, back then before you got into uni of like idols that you were looking up to or who's an architect or what were you doing? Because um, I didn't know any architects. When I first year of uni, I, all I knew was what I saw on Grand Designs. Literally, that was oh, it. <laughs> Kevin McLeod. Yes. I know. And we all had the same story. <laughs> well, no, and seriously though, like, where were the women in that narrative? Like, I, I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. It's so like how the fact that I was questioning like, oh, maybe I need to be an interior designer. It yeah. doesn't surprise me now at all. Yeah. 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 I'm so glad. I still, uh, from eight years old, I just kept sticking with my guns, <laughs> gut feel. I want to be an architect. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So you make it into architecture school. What was your first year? Like, like expectations versus reality? Um, I, <laughs> I remember telling, um, someone, I think it was in fourth year that I've, I've worked out architecture school. And I say this because when you first get like in first year, <laughs> I felt as though, um, they were sending really conflicting messages. So like, I remember the first thing that activity we had to do was we just met all of our fellow students and then we had to go home and photograph a shed and I volunteered my shed <laughs> and then we had to turn the shed into like a photo collage, which then had to turn into a line, no, 
an origami or a line drawing and then not a line drawing and then an origami piece that started to actually start to form space and shape and things. And I'm already lost. I know. <laughs> and the thing is though, that it, that, um, that activity confused me and I didn't get a good grade. And I think this is, yeah. first of all, let's just talk to like uni students, need to understand that if you're an A-grade student, don't necessarily hold yourself to HD because... Oh, yes, you've touched because, <laughs> but because it's more than that and it's not the same thing at all. Um, so I was a bit like, oh, I only got a distinction. Um, Jeez, my I first, was getting P2s in my first year. Yeah, exactly. It's scary um, when you come out of high school. Um, but then I was like, oh, so... This is how you want me to think. And that started, that's the first project that I remember going, oh, this is not what I think it is. This is not like that uh, stereotype that the rest of the world has about what architecture is. You think you're going to go in there and draw a house and you don't even get to that ever? No. And then I was like, oh, you want me to think about how I am in space Mm -hmm. and then you want me to think about how I feel and then you want me to be like, I feel this way in this kind of space and this way in this kind of space and then I'm going (laughs) to use that and I'm going to come up with like different forms that create space that makes you feel that way. And I was like, okay, yep, cool, all right. And so then I started, first year for me was actually quite successful after that It sounds like you clicked on a lot earlier, very early than... Like say someone like me did. I didn't figure that out for a very long time. Yeah. And I, I remember looking around and trying to help people understand that. Oh my gosh. I wish we were in the same year together. <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, oh, okay. And I could recognize that like there were different personalities in the room that came to do architecture for different reasons. And I was very lucky that what they decided to focus on early played to my strengths. Whereas sometimes there was later on, it was so much harder for me mm. and it didn't play to my strengths. I was just really lucky that they, the activities early on <clears throat> played into my strengths and then I built confidence from that. So you pretty much picked it up from day one. Well, not day one, but like you, I guess, knew what you had to do. Yeah, I adapted. Essentially, yes. Yeah, I adapted yeah. quickly. And I think that's your nature as well, though, your yeah. personality. You, yeah. Yeah, probably. And, like, I I always knew that I was a student that liked a diverse range of subjects and that kind of thing. Like, I Did loved you, yeah. maths as much as I yes. loved art and things yeah. like that. Yeah. So, yeah, that helped for mm. sure. Yeah. Well, I was a straight-A student at school and then it made it very hard to pick what to do. So then, yeah, to go from being good at high school, for wow. me, flunking – Yes. uni it was it changed my world I was like who the hell am I yes yeah and uh I told a new uni student literally a couple of nights ago um she's going off to do law and she's like you know any tips mm. kind of thing she was asking like I play footy so she's she done uni team. for a few oh, sorry architecture for a few years now she's switching to law no no no, no. so she's just like fresh out of high school oh, okay yep. off to go to uni to do law yeah like does anyone anyone have any tips for, for me? And I was like, there is one thing I'd tell all uni students, and that is at high school, they care if you pass or fail and they will come and find you and they will say, you need more help. Like, what mm. can we do? Like, 
this is how we're going to help you to get to this point. Yep. They don't care at uni and you have to go and ask for help. You have to put your hand up. You have to reach out. And it is such a change that they do not prepare you for. And I think that at high school, they think they're doing such a good job of like preparing you for uni. But what they're missing is it's not the academics that prepare you for uni. It's the self like guided or self like it's like um, a self-development thing because what you just described is not asking for help that is exactly how I failed a lot of subjects yeah and no one cared no one's gonna follow up with me but because of how the whole like education system works at high school is that someone's cracking the whip yes and they're they're like identifying constantly in the class who needs more help and so you never actually like but when you're, up when you're a straight A student, you don't need to ask for help. That's true. So it's like that's you, very you true. feel very, I'm going to smash this. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was not ready to come out of high school yeah. and like really struggle um, with certain things. And in the end, like I didn't actually, it wasn't that I got poor grades, but I, I had to work so much harder for them. Oh my goodness. Oh, I'm right there with you. I felt like my best effort was still average. Just yeah. head above water. But I saw your work at uni. It was awesome. I would always, you know, look at it and be like, wow, it's amazing, the detail, you know. But I guess we all put up pretty pictures on yep. our posters and oh, man. definitely no construction details. But I think that's what I was <laughs> trying to tell that person in fourth year. There's like, I've worked this out because there was a lot about uni that was very thinly veiled pretty pictures. What about, um, I don't know what other professions are like, but we don't, give our grades to our or like that does like our grades don't matter as much to get a job as is I don't know what other like medis, medical people or whatever because people would be really obsessed about getting HDs distinctions whatever but then I was like who's gonna see this besides you yeah I don't I have you heard about, any different no um I think potentially portfolio matters but I honestly didn't get my job because of my portfolio so I also I've heard other people do but I didn't yeah because I I've heard people like who have amazing transcripts put that with their resume but then people like me with a bunch of f's on there I was like not doing that so yes my portfolio had to speak for me which is I wonder I, I think I might have put my GPA on my resume but I'm not sure I definitely didn't yeah and I I but they don't tell you that they're at you know they're not saying no this is what you need to do to, to, I don't know, the information you need to give your future employee. Yeah. That's, which uh, is the reality is yeah. getting a job in architecture is probably exactly like how you win work once you're in, is mm. relationships. Yeah. So when you're at uni and they talk about networking, I personally didn't do any of it. What did you do? Because I imagine you did that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I took opportunities um when they came along so for example I remember I did this was it 40 to 1 or 40s I don't know it had some catchy name with numbers in it anyway I um I did this program it's basically like there were 40 architects in the room and 40 students and we had to create something in a day and we had to build like I don't know a a space for a function okay and we had like basically scrap construction materials to do that with and it was really fun yeah and to promote the event they said whichever grad like gets the most likes on instagram can have instagram was a thing back then 
Yeah, I know. I know. I'm no, old, but, like, but not no, that old. No, 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 not that you're old, but like you, they used it. I, I think so. In yeah. 2011. Oh no, this was like okay. You're, so I was back you... from America, so I, it was like 2014 or something. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. Maybe? Yes, Instagram yeah. was pumping. Um. So yeah, whoever gets the most likes gets a week of work experience that's really the worst way to measure that right i know right (laughs) that's awful (laughs) so there's me and i've done the whole like um everybody that i know i get work experience please like this post and it worked like i just begged people to like my post because i really want to work experience begging professionals to like your work or just your peers and family no no family just everyone i knew on on facebook oh sorry okay on instagram to get you enough likes okay so did you did you win I did. And so How I got many a likes week. did you get? Probably like 70 or something because it was back then. That's no a lot one had. Then. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, that is. Um, and so, um, yeah, like I got a week's worth of work experience at Phillips Pilkington and it went terribly. Oh, I um, had an interview there once upon a time. Mm. Yeah, why didn't it go terribly? Because I. And I don't want to blame myself for this because. I'm definitely not. So how old are you? Your third, fourth year? I think I'm end of third year. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, but it went badly because I didn't know how to do anything. And I think this is probably relatable for a lot of um, architecture students. Yeah. As they sit there and think about what can I offer as work experience? Yes. Like I went in there, they didn't really have a plan for what I was going to do. It's a week as well. I didn't know how to use Archicad. They were on Archicad. I barely knew how to use Revit, so let alone switching that to Archicad. Um, because I'd done everything by hand and I just missed a semester of like where they introduced Revit because I'd gone overseas to like oh. follow my cycling dreams. Yes. And so, <laughs> random side note. Um, we'll, we'll touch, we'll come yeah. circle on, around on that, yes. And yeah, so I've, um, I didn't, know how to do anything they really really struggled to find something for me to do and I felt like this giant burden and so what did you do nothing I think I did nothing like that you sat at a desk yes and did what read I think I sat on Archicad for ages. Just, I actually don't remember. I blocked it out so much but I think I sat at like my, um, my desk and because that's like, not used a big Archicad. office either like no And I tried and thank goodness there were some people that were quite sympathetic and I had some really good conversations. Yep. Um, But I think it was just, I'm really sad because I think I could fit in there today. Yeah. But at the time I didn't have the skills to work out how to deal with that situation. Yeah, but you're so fresh. Like what? I don't mean the hard skills. I mean like I didn't have the skills to work out how I could offer them something. Yeah. Whereas today I feel like I could go into that situation Still don't know like how to use Archicad. Like if you were Archicad. a grad now. I mean, sorry, if you were a third-year student now. Um, I don't know as a student, but, like, I certainly know now that, like, you've got more to offer than, like, just what you do and don't know. I yep. was very pessimistic when I when they asked me, mm. like, could you do this or could you do that? Like, I could have been more proactive and more creative about what I could have done. Like, you could might have been able to say, yes, just – give me the basic rundown and I'll figure it out kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Did but, um the uni organise that internship or did you pick where you wanted to go? Sorry, work experience. Yeah, so no, that was because of the event. It was like specifically offered by one of the architects okay. that was there. Yeah, so, so they'd organise it. Yeah, with their yeah. firm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it was good. It was. I'm so grateful for it because I ended up doing 
work experience with several firms over my um, uni yeah. career. Let's touch on that. So what came after um, Phillips Pilkington? Well, I'd done one prior. Okay. Um, which was with TS4. Yep. So I kind of identified um, Brett as having this firm that was doing lots in the sustainability space. So you did your own research? Yes. Yep. And um, and he was a lecturer of, of at, mine. At yeah. uni, yep. And so I reached out to him and say, hey, can I can I do some work experience See, that in you? itself, I didn't have the balls to talk to my lecturers when I was at uni. I literally did not even consider that as an option. But I was I was really selective in that I chose the the firms that I felt like I identified with and it makes it easier because like yep. for example I could never have walked up to someone at Woods Bagot and asked for work experience oh, no. because I was so intimidated by what but I think that image was I think that. everyone well most students are yeah. by that side note I interned there yeah like and that's the thing is today I'd be like no, you could definitely go and do work experience there, like to myself. I think what is scary is you just don't think of them as people. You think yes. of them as like this really scary monster. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and so something like a small resi eco firm like TS4. It's was a like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I could, I understood that. And Yeah, okay, so you approached them. I, yeah, and they it just so happened it lined up with them because they were like, oh, we really do need someone to make a model of the yep. house that we're building and I was like I love model making <laughs> I'll do that yeah um, and that was definitely one of my strengths so how long was that like a few weeks two weeks yep yeah making um, models and again it didn't really go that well I didn't gel in the office that well mm-hmm. was it mostly males in the office it was only yeah but I don't I'm not sure if that was the issue I think Looking back on it, I really undercut myself with how little confidence I had in what I could do. That is so surprising to me because you just ooze confidence ever since I met you. <laughs> so this is really interesting. I get that a lot. Yeah. Because um, I think, like, I am, I guess, an extrovert. You're just, you're chat, well, not chatty, but you're approachable. And if someone was to strike up a conversation with you, you would be like, hey, let's keep talking or something like that. Yeah. yeah. But I think... Which is a big skill to have. I still have that god-awful thing of, like, being a woman and just not believing that I can do what I can do. And so you're figuring that out in these early years. Absolutely. Doing this work experience. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And just, like, looking back on it now, I, I think it's changed. Like, my whole uni life, I look at it so differently now than I remember feeling about it then. I get that. That's kind of why I'm doing this because it's – well, you have perspective now. So much yep. perspective mm-hmm. about what it is that we did for all those years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so your next – talk about your work experience. So you approached TS4. Yeah, so um, TS4 was first. I think that was end of second year. Then I did Phillips <clears throat> Pilkington, yep. third year. Then did the internship um, – which was a new thing for uni. I think I was the first year to do the internship. Is that where the uni organised it? Well, yes. Not, but it counted as a subject. Correct. Yeah. Um, I think it was counted as an elective. Yes. And um, so, yeah, I think I filled out a form where I was like, I want to work in a medium or large firm. Yeah. And then did they organise interviews they, for you? Yes. Yeah. But you still had to get it. Yes. I actually like 
that now that I look back on it, well done, UniSA. That's what I did. And yes, really appreciated it. Yeah. Well done for them to make us do an interview, not just lining it up, right? Like they made us Yeah, not just saying, here's where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think I didn't get one, but I can't, Hmm. I blocked it out. Oh, so you did interview I reckon I, and yeah. I reckon I interviewed and didn't get a Aww. job. Because um, did yours go over the summer? That's what ours was. Yes. You spent the summer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But then I got the second one I interviewed for and it was at GHD Woodhead. And So that was one of the organised interviews? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So they like basically if you didn't get – because there were three people per firm. Same. For the job. Yep. So like someone was not going to get it, right? Mm. And like I reckon it might have been Woods Baggett Hay. That you didn't get. I reckon I didn't get Woods Baggett and they look at me now. Um, (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) And so, yeah, I didn't didn't get Woods Baggett um, and then so then you you get another interview after that. Same thing happened to me. I interviewed for Phillips Pilkington, didn't get that, got Woods Baggett. Amazing. Yeah. Um, So then I did GHD Woodhead and – I really liked that, but yeah. I may have made the mistake of, not necessarily a mistake, just a sidetrack of saying that like I was really interested in sustainable design. Yeah, which was your thing. That's how I first came to know you. Yes, exactly. And so they put me with their ESD guy, which if you've ever worked <laughs> in architecture, um, they're engineers. So like you have an engineering consultant that is a – environmentally sustainable design um or ecological sustainable design whichever that, that you want to think of it subject at uni yes yes um but the esd consultant on a project is an engineer that works usually with a bunch of other engineers and they're probably from a mechanical what do they do the, do they just figure out um like numbers and like how hot a building is well, that, I guess, no, <laughs> yes um but they're experts in all the different technologies that are out there. So, like, this is not taking over in the space of um, architects doing, you know, passive design and stuff. Yep. But they're just – they're there to actually um, put the numbers to what you've done as well as bring technology to active technology. So yep. Like, okay. To um, assist that as well. So, <clears throat> they put me with the ESD guy. Naturally, because you said, because I like sustainable design. Absolutely. But the ESD guy was an engineer with all the engineers because they are a um, collaborative yeah. firm. So were they confused when they got you as an architecture student? Um, no, because I think they all thought this was absolutely genius. Because the, like, <laughs> the head of architecture was like, she likes sustainable design. I'll put her with him. And then it'll be great because we'll have like multiple like interns in the office and everything. Anyway, I still love Paul Watnell because the ESD engineer. Yeah. Because he tried so hard to find a spot for a little architecture student in that firm. Yeah. Um, and like to find something not only for me to do because he over time, and this is where I first flourished in a firm, he was like, oh, shit, this girl is smart mm-hmm. and she can, you know, produce work in a good amount of time and she can think for herself and she's self-driven and – all of those things and um, she's really helpful and handy to have in an office and we should find something for her to do, like a permanent job. And he did. He basically went to their directors and said, 
I want to hire this girl and I want her to be my like yeah. number two on ESD. Yeah. And we're going to have our own little space and we're going to do this amazing mashup between like my ESD consultancy and architecture. And it's going to be like, great. Like working together. Absolutely. And so we did that for like five weeks. Because <laughs> that's then, how long the internship yeah, is. <laughs> no, no, no. So this was, this was post-internship. Oh, so is I've done it? the internship, okay. proved myself. He's gone and said, I want to hire her. All right. So you've got the job. Yep. So I've got the job. And you're still at uni. So you're doing this part-time. Yes. Yep. And I've quit my other part-time job. Yep. And um, yeah, like, so it was all going so great. So what were you doing? Like what? Just talk about that. So briefly. We were, like, so we are using modeling um software to basically try or we were actually testing out modeling software because we didn't know what was in the space that would work best for our clients um i'll try and explain that better um so basically communicating improvements based on sustainable design is absolutely key if you want your clients to ever do anything are these big projects like commercial size or just anything um like across the board because yeah. they were like we were doing esd audits for like councils and like going to their yeah. existing council buildings and being like if you did this you could make it you know this much more efficient um and so we needed software to be able to do that and communicate savings so like if you spend 10 grand you'll save this much wow and so we we're basically working together to make, to model um existing buildings change some things and then use software and find software that was good at communicating change okay. um, back to our clients. Is that so you could put data next to each other right. and just see what's working and what's not working? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it had to be fast and had to be yeah, real-time yeah. stuff. Yeah. And it, that sounds crazy now because I feel like um, that's just everything we do. with. That's just like a baseline expectation, but it yeah. felt really – yeah. Like cutting edge at the time to be right. like real time change on the table. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it was really fun. But then essentially like he didn't actually have that much work yeah. um, and he couldn't keep me on. Mm. So did they have to let you go? They did, but he ended up getting me the job that I have now. Really? Because he Talk loved me that. so much. Yeah. So he um, – I – so and where are we at uni? We're at fourth year. So this would now be coming into this new job. Like I'm in fifth year yep. and I'm having a full freak out because I've got one year to go and I don't have a job. Can you, so, cause you, our years overlap. Yes. What's fifth year for you? <laughs> Seventh. So yeah. So basically I did a diploma of languages in bachelor, which yep. extended my bachelor to four years instead of three. Hang on, just describe your degrees. What did you start with? So I started with the Bachelor of Architecture. Yeah. And then about six months in, I'm like, I can't do this like anymore without having an outlet academically. Okay. So I felt really lost. That's insane, but okay. I know. (laughs) So like I felt as though I was really, um, because of the way that architecture is as a degree, there was like this need for writing essays and so you like doing writing. other okay. and just doing research and like um yeah okay I get that because we don't do a lot of that at, in the architecture degree we write one essay a year yeah exactly <laughs> um and I also I think 
because I'd uh, gone on exchange in high school to France. Okay. I picked up some language. Okay. So that was like your interests on the side. Exactly. Yep. And so I wanted to make sure that that didn't fall off. And okay. I definitely made it. So you were doing that on top of your bachelor's degree at uni? Yes, except that, that it's not on top of because it extends it. So you don't go past full time. Oh, okay. You just like, like you just chuck it, it in. Just like an extra few subjects? You smoosh in the extra subjects and that pushes some subjects out. So you okay. end up doing it over four years. So it's like it's like three years of full-time architecture and one year of full-time language, except you spread it out across the whole thing. Okay, that makes sense. All right, so it. you did that and then you added... Sustainable design yeah. in the master's. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, that was, okay. again, another year. How did you end up with us? In. So So basically I had my first group of students that I was with yeah hello Millie yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then um I added the diploma and slowly I did less subjects with them and more subjects with a new cohort yep um which was the year that started after me which would have been me in 2012 yes yep and then um I like got to the end of that that was fine and then halfway through my master's the same thing happened in which I like dropped off some subjects with the year that I was with. To do your sustainable design. To do sustainable design. And so therefore I started to pick up some subjects with the year behind that again. um, Which Which is is, where I still was. Yeah. So two (laughs) years behind what I'd started. Okay. And that's how our fifth year we were together, fourth and fifth year we were together while you were doing extra stuff. Yeah. 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 But I, I was in fourth year, you would have been fourth year? I don't know. Okay, anyways. Anyways, okay, so you <laughs> you did your ESD job yes. and then he helped you get your next job. Yeah, so I think – so the internship I think happens between fourth and fifth year, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that summer. Yeah, so then I've done that and it's kind of gone pear-shaped like about, I don't know, well, like April just, yeah, or whatever. Work, yeah, And then, um, yeah, it hadn't worked out and um, I'd made this list – of by looking through architectural digest no architecture australia yep magazine yep i had all of them because you sign up to um i am sona and you get all your magazines i only got it for a year i didn't get it for the whole degree i think i stopped paying that's right i stopped paying i was poor (laughs) (laughs) yes um so i had all my magazines and i was just basically going through them yeah if i liked a project i'd write down the architectural firm yes (laughs) And so I made this giant list of all the firms that I liked. How long was that list? Uh, two A4 pages. Yes. Yeah. Standard. And so then I worked out the ones that were like I could, I felt like, well, that had come up a lot and like I'd so started So are you them. researching each firm, like just going on their website and sort of, I guess you're recognising their work in the magazines. Yeah. So I guess that's. I really, yeah. I knew I wanted to work on like civic and commercial projects, like yep. bigger projects. Yep. I, th- I just felt as though I really wanted to design some government buildings. <laughs> Contribute to society. Yeah. Yeah. I get um, that. And yeah, so I don't remember how many firms I actually went out to in that process, but I remember I emailed some people and I did a, I hope they did Were you sending it, out portfolios as well or just emailing people? I don't know. Mm. I, but I was definitely doing like generic emails with names changed. Yeah. Um, of like, I have looked, I have seen your work and I love your work. I want to come Oh, yeah, you. and you just copy and paste. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think I sent a resume out 
Anyway, they pulled me in for an interview and out of all those emails I sent, I only got one interview. Nobody, I don't even think I got a response from anyone. If you got a response, that Hame was Charlie. nice. Okay. Yes. Yep. So I think Hame Shelley was the only one that responded. And yeah, I went in for an interview and I remember, and this is so funny because this is where I work now, by the way. Yeah. So, so you're, you're in between fourth and fifth year, you have an interview at Hame Shelley. No, halfway through fifth year. Sorry, halfway through fifth year. Yep. Um, and I have an interview with Hame Shelley. And now that I work there, I think it's so funny, my first impressions, but it was white. Talk us through it. It was so white. There was so much white and it was shiny. It was white. <laughs> and I'm just so like, Wait, what? you mean the office? The, yeah, the oh, office. Oh, yeah, I've been there. Yeah, it is. Oh, gosh, that does mean other things. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a very it is shiny, shiny white office. Yeah. 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 Um, so... Yeah, like I sat down and interviewed and it it was one of those fantastic interviews and you'll have these in your career where you realize that you've actually, they don't, you've already got the job. Uh, Yeah, well, I think I had that with the job I have now. Yeah. Yeah. Where they've actually already made their mind up. They want to hire you and you're just, it's kind of like. This is within the first interview? Yeah. Okay, I didn't get my confirmation that soon, but yes. (laughs) Um, and it, but it was just as a student. They just wanted yeah. to give me like a part-time job as a student. And so you just handed in a resume. I think so. Not even a portfolio of work. Well, I showed them. So I had a website. I know the watercolor designer. Yes. Is it still there? Nah, I'm still <laughs> paying for it. It's a waste of money. Um, but it was a really good tool because I, I mean, I don't even know this that, now. That is genius, by the way. I didn't think about doing that until the end of fifth year and I wish I had done it sooner and looking back on it again now like architects like I now watch the firm market itself yep and and how important that is and how they curate their image to the broader community and that's what I was doing and I don't know if that's why I got the job or not but oh you would have presented yourself very well I'm sure yeah um so little genius little so they would have been going on your website Possibly. Yeah, which is what it's for. Yeah, yeah that's, exactly. That's awesome. You don't yeah. know, but it's there. Yeah. Um, I actually found out later why they hired me. Yeah. Okay, talk through the interview. So the interview, shiny, I white. I don't remember. It was just like, <laughs> so the director came in and like, it's one of those things. Like, I now know him well. Yeah. But you didn't know him well at the time. And so it was weird. And, Were you scared? Um, or you yeah. were you prepared? Did you feel prepared? Um. I, yeah, I'm that type of person that generally I'm absolutely petrified before and yep. generally overthink things afterwards. But in the moment, I tend to pull my shit together quite well and people think I'm not doing too badly, except that I'm very red. I generally oh, get I've under pressure. Your, I've seen I get your red very cheeks. red. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like we actually ended up talking about cycling a lot because he's a cyclist. No way. Yes. And these. You're in automatically. Well, exactly. Yeah. And. I just, this is the thing that you need to like do when you're a student is find these ways to find random connections with people that have nothing to do with architecture. And that's how you start the conversation. Well, that's what makes you a person really is, yes, you are an architecture student, but what else? Yeah, because I think there's a really limited group of architects that froth architecture 100% of the time. There's probably most of architects Mm. out there are just really humans who have families who have other interests yeah and they want to talk about those other interests because they're 
humans. Well, it's like people used to ask me when I was at uni, they're like, oh, like, what do you do in your free time? And I was like, uh, I don't know because I'm always doing architecture stuff. Mm. So when I have free time, I'll just watch Netflix. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't know. That just, like, yeah. So I get needing the outlet, which is what I eventually figured out. But yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really important. But I found out later that basically I said that I was a successful sports person, mm-hmm. which is true. Which you were. Um, and that I was passionate about architecture. And I just happened to walk into a firm where the managing national managing director had had a quite successful sports career of his yeah. own. Wow. And he attributed his own success to his success as a sports person as well. So like the personality type or whatever, if you're driven to be good at sport, you're driven to be good at your career and people who have that in them will try and do their best it's in anything that they do. because you're disciplined because you know what it means to practice and assign time to something and yeah. Exactly. And so he was like, honestly, like the way that they told me why I was hired was yeah. like, we just knew that if you could do what you've done in cycling in our firm, that you would be successful. And I was like, what? So you mean all of this other stuff that I do and like you try and sell yourself and that's yeah. why you yeah. like gave me the job? No, and this is what we were talking about before. It's like your personality and what you offer in that sense. The skill will come later. You can yes. learn to draw later and put packages together later. No, and they uni. don't. I know. <laughs> but we, we talked about how, because I said that was my similar thing. I said, mm. I'm not great at architecture yet, but I'm good in these other things. Mm. Communication, personality, trait of just trying team to member. do the best yeah and working in teams and yeah not no one told me that at uni they just said I don't know what they said but not that. well you know what I don't it's not that they necessarily said it it's that the system gave a different message and that's because like you reward the you know the projects that look the best that have um I don't know, the most important Do you know what used to kill me when they, I don't know if they ever did this, but they would put all the top projects, you'd submit your stuff. Next week they'd say, here are some of the projects that stand out. It was always the same five people. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. They're like, here's an HD. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay, how is this, like, how does this help me? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like we all have the skills to make that happen. And it was like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I wish they'd and, done and, a little bit more. And it squashes your confidence. You think, I'm not going to make it. My project is never going to end up on the screen to show everyone what the standard is. And you just question everything and you think, what yeah. like, what do I have to offer? Yeah, fire yeah. out. It's okay. You'll be fine. <laughs> we could just no. go back. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, yep. So you landed your job while you were in fifth year part-time. Yep. How did you find that? Like, what were you doing? Um. Oh, it was like once a week and of course they were so sympathetic with uni so I, yeah. I didn't work for like you know final submission and that kind of yeah, thing. yeah I remember you saying you got time off yeah so um yeah it was it was like easy in terms of balancing uni and and work um but yeah it was it was challenging but I also did exactly what I hadn't done in those other jobs and that was I found things I could do and I did them well and I asked for more work and I just kept mm-hmm. growing yep. and I kept picking up skills. Um, did they, did they chuck you straight onto Reva and documenting or were you doing like visuals? I think you told me you were doing a lot of 
Photoshop stuff? So much Photoshop stuff. Yeah. Like, like presentations? Yes. Yeah. So basically I'd get given a render yeah. and then I had to like bring it up because this is way before you put that stuff in in 3D space. You yes. put it in, in Photoshop <laughs> oh afterwards. And um, that wasn't that long ago. That was just a few yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um, and that stuff's fun. It is yeah. so fun. Yeah. Um, but I remember like I'd sit <clears> there and I'd done so much Photoshopping that day that like I would just be exhausted in a cafe sitting there and my – my eyeballs or my brain was like literally clicking all the corners of the room and then like selecting the square at the back oh. of the room and then like applying a material to it. Yeah. And then I'd select then the other pane, like plane. And then, yeah, exactly. I just. So you're basically hallucinating in a cafe. Correct. About Photoshopping <laughs> yeah. spaces. So but. you did that one day a week while you were at uni. Yeah, maybe two. And I'm not did sure. they um towards the end of your degree, we're all coming up to the crunch time. Did you did they did you secure a full time position? Yeah. So did you have that conversation first or something? I'm not sure how that conversation <coughs> happened, but um I remember being told I, I had a conversation with the director, and he basically said, Maddie, you get requested every single week by the project leaders because they need help on their projects and they want you to help them from a presentation sense or um, just in any kind of job I think in general I think they worked out I was pretty flexible do you know why though your it's your attitude though you would have been up for anything and they would have been like yeah I can get her to do this yeah exactly because you would have you're teachable exactly like if you just say yes um and you give it your all like every time like yeah. I just don't people give you that leniency yeah there's like I've come across several like negative grads now. Yep. Um, who whinge a lot, and it's just there's not that same vibe. And Do you so, feel like that's a generational thing? They're like kids these days. Well, kids, we are kids ourselves. I don't know. I know. But um, no, I don't. Think no, so. it's okay, a personality. Okay, personality thing. Yeah. Right. Well, that that's nice to know. Yeah. Let's hope. No, <laughs> I think so because like like we still getting grads into the office who are the same and you just see them a mile away that are so smiley and happy to be there. And it's like, you can be on my project because you're going to try really hard and you're going to be a team member and you're going to, you know, be humble and just give it your all to be as helpful as you possibly can be. Like that goes across any discipline though, like teamwork. If you do, if someone doesn't want you on your team, it doesn't matter how good you are. They're not going to want to work with you. And we had that at uni. We all moaned and groaned when we got yeah. forced into groups and there was that one person you were like, you're not going to pick yeah. up. And I think like, the number one yeah. thing is do not like whinge about the type of project you work on yeah. when you first graduate. There's something to learn from everything. Jeez, don't absolutely. be picky. Yeah. Absolutely. So like that's probably a massive and thing you, that, that you see a lot of. outshined, well, out, not outshined, but they would have seen that in you when yeah. you were starting your job. Which had not, yeah, like, which is let's do it. Whatever totally. it is, yeah. I can adapt. And you're still like that now. That's literally who you are. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. So I think that's how I kind of transitioned into like first year. So then and as then, you came to the end of it, they were like full yeah. time. Yeah. On the so table. start on the, what is it, 6th of January or whatever. You the didn't first even week have a was. holiday. We, yeah, like we finished uni and you're like, yeah, my first day is January something, something. Yeah. I was like, ooh. Like small regrets, but not really. Like oh. momentum. Keep the momentum yeah. going and yeah. figure out your holidays later. Do, but, you rem- oh. Do you remember that you um, helped me get an interview at Hamish Shirley? Yes, I did. I interviewed like the last week of December or something. Yes. Or like the second to last week, yeah. They should have given you a job, still believe it. Well, who knows. And then I came back from my little Revit test. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. I still don't know what's on that river test. I don't know why um, I didn't have to do it, thankfully. It, they gave you me a house that was already modelled and then like a PDF. They're like, here's the elevation plan, whatever, whatever. And then they gave me a file and was like, model up as much as you can in an hour. Okay. Yeah, which um, I really don't know what that proves because I would have shown all that in my portfolio. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how do you think I made this in Photoshop? No, I did it in Revit. Well, yeah. I guess actually it was interesting, probably though. proves that you did it yourself, maybe. I don't know, but like I, at the end of it, I was like, well, that's what it looks like on the photo and I just remade it. Yeah. Anyway, everything worked out, but that was interesting. And yeah. th- and I don't know who I was talking to at the time, but he was like, I'll give you a shot. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I, I honestly think that if I hadn't had that sport thing, they wouldn't have given me a job necessarily. Yeah. Let's talk about the sport thing because that is a big part of you. Yeah, it is. How did you get into cycling? Um, so I was in the second year. Yep. End of second year, I um, decided to um, – well, my brother had given me a road bike and I was riding to uni. Mm-hmm. And um, I decided to go off to um, the – Adelaide Superdrome for like a come and try track cycling because yep. I knew that like well Anamiz has big thighs and I have big thighs so I could be Anamiz. <laughs> um, I don't know who that is but that's funny. <laughs> but I also loved the fact that um when I was riding my bike I could kind of tell that I felt powerful on a bike like I and that's an exercise thing like endorphins yeah all good for you good exactly. for your brain. I yep. just felt like it worked like for yep. me yeah um and I went along and they had like a it was a women's come and try yeah and um yeah like I had I was a natural so it just clicked for you just felt right yeah wanted to do it and keep doing it and I loved sprinting like I was like and I still don't understand to this day how people want to be endurance athletes and not sprinters because (laughs) like the whole going like semi fast for like hours on end yeah as opposed to like the fastest you can possibly go and like obviously we want to go really fast yeah I did a little (laughs) bit of endurance running for a bit and I was like yeah let's see how long I can go but uh, not very long but you know yeah I just like the whooshy effect of going fast yeah um and so yeah like within six months I had a scholarship to an American university to do cycling how what what made you do that how did you get that um well, it, it became pretty clear that cycling is actually quite a – well, track cycling mm-hmm. on the velodrome is pretty small sport and that it's really only an institute sport um, where, like, they basically train up very few um, people to win Olympic medals and there's not really a grassroots. There's not that much around track cycling. It's certainly like not, not at many the time. new people get into it? Um, I guess so. Like they really, like they test school students, um, for their physical attributes and then they develop like the top performers and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, um, like literally there was like barely any women my age, Mm -hmm. let alone people my age. Yeah. Um, and, um, I was, I was training like twice a week at the velodrome with like master's men. Like I was just, and I actually wasn't hating it, but yeah, like, that's I also, intimidating though. I also, yeah, exactly. And I realized that is this what I want? Because I loved the sport. I loved okay. how it made me feel, yep. but 
But I was like, what the hell am I doing yeah. at the same time? Yeah. And my coach recognized that. Yeah. And he, um, yeah, like said, you know, there's this American system that they like do cycling at college level. You can go over there, um, get heaps of experience because yep. that's what I didn't have. I didn't know how to race. Yep. Um, I had pure power and that kind of thing, but I didn't know how to race. I needed race craft because I'd, I'd taken up at like 22 or something. And so, yeah, like I went over to America and did, did you that for a year. Texas. Yes. Yes. Um, so Midwestern State University in Wichita Falls, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, badly hit by COVID just on the side. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> oh Texas. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, lots of friends struggling with that. But um, it was a crazy experience. And from an architecture point of view, they didn't have architecture. So I actually – What did you do? Had, so – Bless University of South Australia and um, Stephen Ward, who was running the program at that time, is he recognised what an amazing opportunity was for me, yeah. that I wanted to pursue this, I was going to make it happen. And he was like, well, we'll work out how we can make this work from an academic point like of view. Like the credits. Or Correct. S- yeah. So like I went over there and I studied art history and I studied art and I that studied sculpture. That is still so relevant though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Today I'm like, That's amazing. You. Um, and you wouldn't have gotten the time to do that here because our course just doesn't allow for that. Yeah, exactly. It was um, like I just did a few more electives than I otherwise would have. Yeah. Um, and um, Was that full-time study over there or was it yes. like – Okay, it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you live in a dorm room? Yes. With oh. a cheerleader was my roommate. Oh, my goodness, Maddie. <laughs> Your life is a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. It was for a year. but um, Did everyone just have those country accents like – Twang. Um, not everyone, but when you came across the ones that did, it was yeah. amazing. Were they usually from the country? Yes. Yeah. Love that accent. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. It does great things. <laughs> um, and just, oh, there were so many things about Texas that were, you, they just kind of sneak up on you and are beautiful and um, just really authentic. Like when they say like, you know, I'm not from America, I'm from yep. Texas, like, that kind of thing. It they have this something. only identity. Sorry, they have a um, unique identity, um, and they're very proud of it. And it's a great place to live. Um, and I loved it. I learned a lot, and I didn't always align with them politically or anything. Mm. Um, there were lots of things that we were definitely different on. But were they stoked to just have an Australian amidst them? <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I think we think sometimes that Australians travel so much that surely they've met Australians before, but we're still a novelty. Yeah. Especially in America, because I've had friends that have gone over there and they're like, they don't even know where Adelaide is. No. Or Sydney, Australia, they think it's somewhere else. Yes. And yeah, it's in Europe is a big one because of our accents, but um, yeah, it's funny. I know. I, um, there was like four or five Australians at mm. the university. Yep. Um, is it a big university? Uh, it wasn't actually, no. Okay. But like, you know, when we're talking about big universities in my eyes are like 50,000 students, right? Like, I don't even know how big our unis are. <laughs> so I don't think it was that big, but like, you know what? You can't, if you do an American college experience, it is big no matter what because it's American college. Like Different it's life. just big. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. Larger there. than life. <laughs> So yeah, it was so very cool. So how was the cool. cycling over there for you? Um, did that? Uh-huh. But yeah, how'd you find that? 
it was good and I was I was successful in it I there were so many things that like were are you challenges. training like every day studying yes every, yeah sounds... well I re- definitely tried to prioritize training yep. because I was there for cycling right yeah um and so tried and like any good student will know that it's really hard to not focus on study like to just be like it'll be fine I'll just get a oh, hundred percent yeah <laughs> yeah how people do that I mean, I'm not you're sure you're only young once like yeah. that's really so yeah I struggled to like let go of study but um because yeah. you're a good student yeah exactly yeah but um yeah I tried to focus on cycling as much as possible and everyone made that um easy for me I guess in a way um as easy as they could and I had some amazing times and like some success with the team and some personal success with cycling and that was great it wasn't as good for my cycling career as I had hoped mm-hmm. but at that I would stage do it again. in your life were you thinking you're going to make that a career and architecture was on I hold I could. Yeah, yeah okay yeah well I mean you had to try yeah um I I think I underestimated um how much work it was going to take mm-hmm. and then I actually had to like actually dedicate my life to it. Like I look at it now and go, you can't no, do it half fast. No, yeah. exactly. And like, I really probably needed to quit university, get like a top coach yeah. to make it. Like I really had to go further, but I only know that now you definitely don't know that when you pick up yeah. a new sport, you don't know the ins and outs. You don't know all of the things that um, the you need steps to know. To take. Yeah. Yes. And um, so I look at it now as a little bit of a missed opportunity with cycling, but at the same time, I've had some amazing experiences and I've kind of almost managed to do it all at the you same really time. You really have, yeah, because obviously you've had more cycling opportunities since you've come back. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. And, like, um, I I never made it to the level that I thought I might be able to make it to, mm-hmm. um, but I've still travelled overseas more than once That's amazing. for cycling. Yeah. Um, and I now run a women's team, which I put yeah. all my energy and passion for, you know, making pathways for other women yeah. in the sport yeah. that I didn't necessarily have. Um, and You're kind of a pioneer. Yeah. So what do you see your cycling sort of stuff being for you now, like on the side? Mental health outlet. <laughs> exercise yes yeah yeah I also did you have to make that decision though to s- kind of pull back once you started working full-time yeah yeah absolutely. I mean it's naturally it kind of happens um I think some people don't and I'm like I look at a lot of cyclists like that are you know my age or a bit older and they're doing a lot better at like balancing it all mm-hmm. um but I think that maybe again that's like my personality in that I'm kind of on and off as opposed to like always at kind of one level I don't recover well like I really do I require to put lots of energy into things Mm. all at once but I really die in a whole heart like I get really tired yeah and so that's because you're a sprinter correct (laughs) exactly in all facets of my life yeah (laughs) And so, yeah, like I haven't managed to do it all that well, but um, you've still got your part in the industry, though, or in, yes. the, in the sport. Yeah, yeah. I'm certainly not kicking goals in terms of my own training and all of that kind of thing, but I've made it into something. But you're still, still a valuable asset to the sport. 
Yeah. 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 And yeah. I still, I still race and I still love to race. Um, and yeah, I still love to train. Yeah. I just don't get to do it as often. But like you said, outside like. of architecture, you need something else. Otherwise you go crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, as much as we all love architecture, it's not, it's a job. Yeah. I, and <laughs> yeah, I really don't understand. And I like, I know that it's not because it's invalid or anything, but mm. like, because it's, they're different to me, but I am not like architecture isn't everything to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a conversation that needs to be had because we agreed that it was clear that architecture was everything to some people and to not. And then that kind of affected, I don't know, not there. It just kind of. It's a culture at university. It was hard to, I yeah. found it hard. Like we obviously became friends because we had the same outlook on architecture and life. And then there are the people that really just devote themselves to architecture. And it's like, well, I, not that we don't like them, but we don't mesh. Yes. And it's, it, I guess it's probably an insecurity thing as well from our point of view of yeah. like, oh, well, does that mean I don't want to do this career? It makes you question everything yeah. because you're not as doing passionate. it 24. Yeah. And it's like, we are passionate, but you know, and we are older and we have lives and partners and families and stuff and other interests. So why the, like, mm. I don't have to do it yeah. for 24 hours a day. And that's the thing is like, I'm really passionate about architecture and I'm really passionate about clients and, yeah. and like showing them what we can do for them mm-hmm. and, um, like kind of getting on the same level as them and understanding what they need and like kind of creating a shared narrative for, you know, a future project or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I'm so passionate about that, but that's not the nerdy architecture that they talk that's about. That's not what you think it's going to be. Exactly. Yeah. Cause some of my, um, the people that graduated with us, they're like, first year they're like I didn't imagine this is what I would be doing and for a lot of us it's been sitting in front of a desk drawing yeah um which is kind of what we are told is what we do but then some of my other friends are like well what else yeah and then that's when it comes that's when your other personality and interests and stuff comes into play and you need to hone in on that to kind of find your place in the industry absolutely and I think that's where you've had a leg up because you've always put yourself out there in terms of asking questions, learning new things beyond just the typical drawing of a building. Yeah. Which is all we do at uni. Absolutely. Like, I mean, the example I can think of is that um, because of cycling, I was at the Tour Down Under Legends Dinner Mm -hmm. um, in January and the Minister for Sport and Recreation at the time, Leon Bignall, and had announced that – Number one, they were equaling prize money for the women in the Tour Down Under. Oh, yeah, I remember when you mentioned that. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. I was like basically in tears. Yeah. Um, and, and also that they were announcing this wind tunnel that they were going to um, build um, for cycling so that we were going to win Olympic gold medals basically. So mm-hmm. we're going to have the most aerodynamic athletes, helmets, mm-hmm. bikes, everything. Yeah. And um, so I went up to Leon Bignall and I put – on my big girl pants. Like just in a crowd, you went up to him. Yeah, so it was like a dinner and everyone's like – Okay. Know, like well, there's probably like a 1,000 people. It's at the convention centre, yeah. massive dinner. Yeah. Pieces just talked. And afterwards everyone mingles, right? Okay. And everyone's networking. And thankfully, if, I, if it had just been about the wind tunnel, I wouldn't have had the guts to do it. But because I was one of few 
actually racing cyclists in the room because everyone else in the room is like there for other reasons, right? Like like they're passionate about cycling, but they probably are recreational cyclists and then, I don't know, they're a sponsor through whatever company. Okay. Um, But I was like there because I was like a racing cyclist doing stuff with UniSA um, through their sports program. And so I was there for them. And so I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to go up to him and just congratulate him on like. What he's done. Yeah. Like matching the prize money for winning. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, and by the way, I work in architecture and that project that you just announced, I'm also a cyclist and I want to like, I want to do this project. I want to work on this project. You said that. Yeah. Holy crap. I know. And like, gosh. Thinking back. Did you plan that or was that just like word vomit? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was definitely word vomit. But I also, I went over there because I wanted to tell him that like, I am an architect and a cyclist and I don't know how many of those exist, but I'm not an architect. Niche. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, so um, 18 months later, we won the project. So after- to that conversation yeah absolutely so basically after that so he gave me his card yeah and so then I emailed him and said I'm that chick in the room that like the next day or a few days later that week yeah um and then I told my boss at work and I got laughed at because they were like if you know about the project it's been won deals are done they've got an architect you're not going to be able to win this project it's not up for tender like this oh good yeah good job like if they told, if it was publicly announced, it's long gone. And I do understand that today okay. that's probably pretty normal. That's like probably good advice for most projects, but I was lucky enough that they had done a bit of a master planning exercise, but then being a government project, they then retender for the rest of the project, mm-hmm. but they were trying to secure funding for it. So I was like, I really want to work in this project. And he like CC'd in all these people from the department and we're like, make sure that you take care of this chick. Literally, Minister for Sport was like, this um, Madeline Steele. He said Steel, the word chick? No, okay. okay. I really <laughs> need to stop using that word. But like, make sure that you take care of her. Um, she's interested in this project. Um, make sure you involve her, whatever. Because yeah. I, I put it to him like, if you want me to look over any plans or anything, like I was being really creative about wow. how I was trying to get involved Honest, in this Maddie, project. Maddie, the ball's on you. Far out. <laughs> um, and then I just like once a month would just be like, hey, any update on this project? And they'd be like, So no. what are you doing in the meantime? Because I guess you can't analyze any drawings because you haven't seen anything. No. Okay. So they, I don't think they necessarily had a, an idea of what it was going to be. Um, so but once I was a week going, you're checking in? No, once a month. Oh, sorry, month. Probably yeah. even less than that. Yeah. But because they did tell me, oh, well, it doesn't have funding yet. We need to find funding. We'll let you know. Okay. Um. Like, uh, I think they went from being in a, one department to a different department, like Office yeah. of Recreation and Sports. So yeah. it's all just, everything's moving. It's government. <laughs> it didn't happen fast. Yeah. But I was also checking in, and this is what I'd really encourage, like, is that I was checking in with my other contacts in cycling. So I was kind of working it from both angles. I was wow. kind of working it from the government angle. And then I was checking in with my contacts in cycling who I knew worked in government. Yeah. I mean, like, have you heard anything yeah. about this project? Do you know anything? Who should I talk to about this project wow. to find more information? So I hounded them so much that they didn't dare not put us on the select tender. So okay. um, 
when you get out into the world to win projects, there's kind of three ways you either get approached and it's just you and they're yep. like, can you do some work for us? And you're like, yeah, no worries. Yep. Or it's a select tender, which is like they go out to like a few firms mm-hmm. and they say, can you like put together a bit of a pro- proposal, put a fee together and we'll choose one. Or it's open and anyone, any architecture firm can like bid on that project. Yeah. Um, and that's like a public yeah, so it puts up yeah. on it gets put up put on tenders SA or a tender website. So, yeah. like architecture firms will constantly be just monitoring and those websites. To, yeah, yeah any for. new projects yeah. coming up. Yeah. So we got on a select tender. So that first of all, that's a massive win, right? Like yeah. because we were on the list of five or yeah. four or whatever yeah. it was. So massive pat on the back. Like I'm what um, eighteen months in, and they're like, uh, we just got a like email saying that we've been asked to tender on this isn't this this project that you talk, told us oh about like all goodness, these years ago that's amazing yeah like kind of a little bit of a yeah so how long after <laughs> eight, 18 months later i yeah i think we won it 18 months later so i think okay um we'd won it by june 2019 but i first heard of the project in january 2018 okay so yeah that's a long time yeah yep. absolutely so i think we probably were it's probably about a year later that we were told asked to tender yeah. for it um and yeah we put it together and to my horror they put my face in lycra and all like winning medals and things all through the submission oh wait like you're in all of the images yeah like they were like they (laughs) sold me so hardcore that is so good um but thankfully like our submissions coordinator alexandra like had that vision to be like this isn't or she played into it yeah this is this is our best selling point and she i felt uncomfortable about that because you know it's like overselling myself. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Too much. That, um, and I'm not I comfortable with it. I mean, it's a great face. So I wouldn't but be that's that what <laughs> other people are so good for is to recognize that and just be like, nah, and it's that's great. where the team building comes into yes, play. Yes, it does. Yes. She's amazing. Miss her. <laughs> um, and yeah, so we put together this submission together and we won. Yeah. My goodness. So yeah, second year and it's I won a yeah. $10 million project for the company. That is amazing. That, oh. They're not letting you go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it, it was, it's not even about the project, right? Like it's, it's more about that, that passion, the skills that I learned along the way. And that just that confidence, I guess, to just keep pushing. Yeah. And it's like a cold combination of things that run deeper than architecture. Like it all just, Absolutely. there's a part, so many parts of that. It's not just one thing. And you've spent years building that up. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that's epic. You are going to go on to do such big things and I'm going to have to get you back to talk about it all. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's to me, um, yeah, I don't necessarily think I might do, and yeah, we're coming back to this so often, like the things that I might've dreamed of doing Mm. at uni. Yeah. But do I think that I'm going to have a successful career and go into leadership positions and potentially, you know, change the world in that way that we do dream about at uni. You do. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think I could. And like, but it's going to be in such a different way than I first thought it might be. And the skills that you're honing in on just go way beyond the classroom kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's important to know that there is life after uni because so many of us struggle to find jobs afterwards, being Adelaide, whatever reason. Yeah. And you really just wonder where the hell you're going to end up. I definitely did that. And, but no one's there to say it's going to be okay or, 
I guess like you have to get that from yourself yeah and you got to develop those skills however the hell you can and realize that that's more to life than architecture and grads today are even worse off than we are because they can't go interstate or overseas environment yeah exactly to like get a job yeah and architecture is doing okay in terms of like the amount of work out there it's yeah not, like the it industry hasn't, hasn't crashed because correct. of this yeah but if you know there's not that many jobs in adelaide for the architects we're kind of pumping out of uni yeah and um and they can't they can't have those they don't have those alternatives anymore yeah so it's even yeah more it probably might feel a bit more bleak to them yes right now I yeah think so but you know sympathy it's just a moment in time and it will pass yes yes well we should wrap up but you're definitely going to be back we did yes. not touch on the other half of the topics that we I can't believe we didn't go into gender issues at I know all. I was like it's gonna come there's gonna yeah. be another episode part two all right thank you so much this I can't wait for people to hear this thanks for having me thanks Maddie thanks for tuning in to the designer journals podcast if you'd like to show your support please subscribe or follow along share it with your friends or leave a rating or review you can find more content on the Instagram page. Just search for at the designer journals. Catch you next time.